0: Culture
1: kings,
2: culture kings. Culture. So I'm staying in a hotel right now, and the hotel I was staying in has one of those bathrooms, nice-ass bathroom, and it has one of those showers that you see in movies, like if you've ever seen Gone Girl, and we got a glimpse of Ben athletic dick uh, through that glass pane with the fog, it it, it it had a bathroom like that, and it has two showers, it has a shower You know where the regular shower go. And then it has a rain shower. uh, For your ass. And like I put them both towards me. And this is definitely. Like this is one of those showers that you see. Like in porn. Uh, This is a porn shower. This is where I know some porn has been shot in this shower. I stepped in. And I was like. This is a fucking shower. But. I've had shower sex before. And. It's. Severely overrated. Um, shower sex sucks and 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 I want to say this one thing: I don't want Edgar's opinion on this, so much so that I kicked him off the episode because I don't want to hear what he has to say about this. I, I, I do kind of want to hear what what young Prince Apadaka has to say about it because, you know, I'm sure he loves shower, sou- shower sex. But he hates the idea of black love, so he wouldn't want me having it. Yeah, I'm sort of caught between a rock and a hard place here. <laughs> right. So you love shower sex, and you you want to advocate for me to have it, but
1: yeah, but, just my hands are hate, tied. You
2: hate my joy, so you you saying, uh, I don't know. I hope that I hope it scalds you.
1: I think so, the thing about the shower is that most showers, most most industry standard showers, this is uh-huh. only built for like hotel or like sort of like. Air, like fancy house yeah. airbnb staying you're
2: not we don't have the showers for it that's true because i got a tub so like that's the thing like my feet keep like, hitting the side of the tub and shit i'd be slipping you're knocking over uh, shampoo i'd be it'd be cold in the back like this was a perfect shower this was a perfect shower yeah for intercourse but jacques too what about when it's too hot it, it, it like could be too hot or too cold i don't like it and let me also say this let me say this I can't speak for women. Mm-hmm. But I just know like sometimes when, you know, the noodle is in the in the sauce and you put some water in the sauce, the sauce don't feel the same. The sauce don't <laughs> so, yeah. the sauce don't feel the same. It's yeah, it's uh so yeah, watered down. All right. Well, I want I want the opinion of somebody who actually cares about black love and black joy. Um <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so i have somebody you guys know him uh i i brought him on to specifically answer this question and this question only beza tabu will you please let me know your feelings on shower sex am i wrong in my assessment i i don't know
3: hey everybody i'm so happy to be back i'm so happy to be back um i didn't know that this was the question i was going to be asked so i'm listening here cracking mm-hmm. up um mm-hmm. and i have not i i, I I have, a, I have a very specific answer. Okay. One, I agree with you 100%. It don't feel the same. The noodle and the sauce with the water is not the same. And again, I, can't, I, can't speak, I can't speak for women, but I will say this. <laughs> While I agree with you mm-hmm. that shower sex is overrated and I'm not a huge fan, mm-hmm. I love shower foreplay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shower foreplay is nice. Shower love- foreplay is nice. Let I me love tell you everything else besides the actual intercourse because the intercourse, especially me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm not very tall, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you're not very tall, you got to get creative with. It's hard to slip that noodle in the sauce. Exactly, you know? it's hard to slip so, that noodle in the sauce. So there's that, and also like the like ankles like, ain't there. Like Matt brought up a regular. LA apartment shower don't have fifteen shower heads and space and all that, so you got weird, you tiny shower curtain split, and no mm-hmm. matter what, one person is freezing because they're not in the water.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So,
3: but I love the idea of like getting in the shower, making out in the shower, touching, rubbing, kissing, mm-hmm. caressing, loving, and then and kind of like coming up behind and 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 sort of rubbing around to get going. I love mm-hmm. that in the shower, but then let's get away when we go and do the actual thing.
2: Let's dry off. I didn't know. That the start of this episode would be so anti black. Uh, Let me what? tell you. <laughs> there's a, there's, a, because shower, if I'm gonna have foreplay in the shower, I might as well fuck. You know why? Because if I'm having foreplay in the shower and I get out, then we're gonna be some ashy, dry ass motherfuckers fucking on like, that shit don't feel good. <laughs> we're gonna be ashy and dry. <laughs> not unmoisturized at a certain point it's just gonna be like ooh, my skin's starting to get tight i can't do i don't I, I don't like this man <laughs> like so you know no nah, i can't even do if i'm gonna if I, we if we starting in the shower we finishing in the shower so when we get out i can dry my ass off and put some lotion on <laughs> uh that's what the fuck we doing <laughs> that's what the fuck we doing i i don't know man like i feel like everybody i've i haven't been watching as much porn as i thought i would during the quarantine i'm single i know you're single <laughs> so i can i can let's be go back let's let's go back I let's want. go back to 2008 when you wasn't single we don't have to say no names please don't i won't say no names <laughs> but i know who your girlfriend was at that time uh-huh what if she decided Bay, i'm gonna put on the only plans. what would you say
3: um i would okay i'm we might be getting tmi but i'm actually super down if i was in it with her okay so you want to be a porn star i don't want to be a porn star but look i have had my experiences with uh semi-public sex Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is i've been to events parties Mm. whatever where people are watching Mm. Um, it's more of a curated crowd and there's like, uh, uh, it's not like anybody and anybody can come in or whatever, but like there are strangers, a lot of strangers. And I've, I've, I've basically, I've had sex in front of strangers is what I'm saying. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm super into it. So I would be down, but I would probably not want my face shown if it's going to be yeah, So
2: just dick only, just chest yeah. down, chest, chest down. Chest,
3: exactly. So if, 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 if she was like, let's do it, chest down and shit we had great sex, I would, I would absolutely be down
2: for that. I just got a text from Matt. He was like, I've been to these two, and there's five rules that must this be followed. Not gonna be good? No, this is great. I mean, yo, why, why not, dude? These are your rules. These are your rules. This is your, these are your boundaries. No black women. <laughs> no, 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 that's not on here. That's not on here. Rule number one. Everything must be consensual. Mm -hmm. that's a good rule. that's a a good rule that's actually a good rule i know it's a great rule matt you wrote it that's actually the truth okay rule number two everyone has to come showered or groomed and by groomed i don't mean like you got to be shaved or anything but just you know you can't be coming in and being like i took a shower four days ago you know
3: these are the real rules
2: (laughs) (laughs) i know dude matt i how, how did i start this off i said matt says I'm for this, I've been to these, and these are the rules. Sometimes I have to speak truth to power. Third rule. The third rule is, if at any point someone says, I'm not comfortable, it ends. It's a good rule. It's a good rule. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Fourth rule, there's only two more. Fourth rule is, uh, you know, make sure you're tested or we have to use condoms always condoms always no matter what wrap up well but according to matt's rules if you show a uh, you know if you show a slip then you can you can raw Damn. dog yeah you, you gotta bring dog. a,
1: you gotta bring a doctor's note if you want <laughs> you, gotta a raw bring dog. A do-
2: you gotta bring a doctor's note if you want a raw dog uh and the fifth rule no black joy all right so i get that i get that <laughs> What a wild conversation to have before we bring on our Christian guest. This always happens. (laughs) (laughs) And it's never my fault, I'll say i don't know man. there's Matt only Matt one
1: cop i never here for this this is yeah. the first time he's here so wow. it's I, I, i'm not i'm not pointing fingers i'm just saying and even though Matt, even though even though
3: me and jack were were friends every time i come on culture kings i hope y'all realize this i have no fucking clue what we're gonna talk about i always come here dead ass blind <laughs> and that's just that's just that's something about our chemistry i guess but i always come out here dead ass blind
2: um listen I will say that the only common denominator to all of these is one person, and it's our young prince. And he writes the script for us, and he put, tells me what I need to say because Matt knows the success that we need to uh, to have in order That's for right. us to be the, a good show. So The
1: success of Culture Kings hinges on my precious scripts yes, that I write for you all. Yes.
2: It does. Do you mind if I go off script, Matt? Please. Today on, we Kay. have Today we have somebody dope on the show um we've been having we had the legend Kenny Smith a few weeks ago and so I figure you know let's get somebody else in here who was an NBA player who is an NBA television personality right now also doing dope shit out here in the in the in the in the entertainment industry the stratosphere we got Karan Butler former NBA Woo! superstar or all-star. Let's say all-star. Two-time NBA. Two-time all-star and a champion. And a champion. So all right, superstar. Superstar. Play for 14 years, play with some legends. Love that. Lupe man. Lupe said if you are what you think you are, you're a superstar. So, superstar he is. I I'm excited for this convo. Karan out here doing dope shit. Uh I've been excited to talk to him for a minute. Bezad, I know you're excited to talk some ball with Karan. I say let's do it. Let's get to Karan Butler. All right, man. Well, you know, listen, if I if I can shoot from the hip, then I'm gonna go ahead and shoot from the hip. Uh, you know, cause being a Chicago cat and out over there, New York cat who loves the Lakers. <laughs> I'm, 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 as the as the Culture Kings listeners know, I love the Lakers,
3: but I follow 30 teams. Mm. Just take it there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it there.
0: Chicago, Lakers. I
3: I follow Uh 30 teams. I always say, and the Culture Kings fans have heard me say this. Whoever your favorite team is, I could talk with you about your favorite team.
2: <laughs> That's true. You could, you could yo, be a man. Magic fan. We could talk about the Magic, no, the Bob, bi- whatever. You know, we, we. I mean, listen, you know, listen, the Magic, you know, them jerseys are tight, but, you know, we we ain't going to go down the Magic route today. <laughs> but, you know, I got to know, bro, 2020, you know, it's been the year of craziness. But one thing that we all got, we talked to Kenny Smith about this. One thing we all got this year was that last dance, bro. So as a as a ball player, as somebody who uh, was in the league with you know half these dudes who played with Jordan at the time, uh, you know let's 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 talk this let's talk this goat let's talk this goat discussion, bro. Where where you stand on it? Where you stand on the goat discussion? Man, you know.
0: Well, first off, I I, I don't want to separate guys by saying, like, this guy's better than this guy, this guy, whatever. Because if it wasn't for, you know, the others, it wouldn't be, you know, the descendants of the greatness. So I have to start off by saying that. But some of the greatest basketball players that I've witnessed from a stats standpoint and just, you know, pure dominance in all the statistical categories, I would have to say Kareem. You gotta talk about big old Magic Johnson, uh Michael Jordan, his dominance, you know, on the defensive end of the floor and offensively. And then just also what he's done globally. You know what I mean? I don't think people talk about that enough. He was like yeah. the first to do a lot of things. Right. You know what I mean? Like from right. a global standpoint. The swag, just you know, he embodied a lot of things. And when you think about the air parent and the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. It was Kobe Bryant, Uh, you know, his high skill set and what he was capable of doing on the offensive end of the floor uh, defensively. Well, like he was effective on both ways and he challenged himself to chase that ghost of, you know, Michael Jordan. And then, you know, it was LeBron James and he's still going right now his story is uh, still being written. You know what I mean? So it's, it's amazing to watch those guys, you know. So between we you talk about goats of the game, I, I, I got a broad perspective on that. So yeah. the guys that I mentioned, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Dr. J, like I can't, I'll, I'll be disrespectful if someone just say, Hey, you got to choose one. I'll be like, I can't. Like it's, it's uh, like it's, asking me out of my five kids, what baby you love the most? Like it's like, <laughs> come I love on, it. man. I love that like, you're fuck. saying that. I love you that you saying that
3: because I feel the same way. Like when people say, "like who's the greatest?" I'm like, you can't pick one. You have to do it by generation. So if you say it's it's Magic and Kareem, and and then it's Mike, and then it's Shaq and Kobe, and then it's LeBron, and and then it's going to be it's going to be whoever, right? And then it'll be yeah. KD. It'll be Giannis. It'll be whoever it's going to be, right? Yeah. But it's
0: gonna it's gonna be whoever it is. You know, it's um, no what's so crazy about this though, like. We all saw those guys dominate specific decades, right? But mm-hmm. LeBron is, is kind of the exception because he kind of like throwing a monkey wrench in a lot of things because of his longevity. So he's like creeping into other people's like right, right. time <laughs> frames, right? Yeah. Cause yeah, right, right now I feel like it's supposed to be KD time. Right, and then the injury, and then he kind of get overlooked because right. you know. But he still got, he still got two titles, two finals, MVPs. Yeah. But like LeBron is still like, like out there in the, right. in the midst of it. We they, were talking, they, they
2: looking at this dude like, Negro, ain't you gonna retire some? Come on, man, damn, let us have this. It was
3: so funny. We were talking about uh, about how they get the awards wrong sometimes. How the writers get the awards wrong sometimes. And we were like, you know, Kobe only has one MVP. And a couple of those Steve Nash's, a couple of those Dirk Domizky's could have been Kobe's maybe. But then we were talking about LeBron and we were in the group chat. And I was like, honestly, he could have 11. He could have 12 yes. MVPs. Like, it may, you could go back and Hold make on. a case. You Hold you on. really could. You could like, Hold okay. On. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, he's got, <laughs> no. he's got what, four, he, five? But he, he could, could have, have six, seven, eight, nine. I mean,
0: you could make a case any of those years. He he definitely could have, you know, five or maybe six, definitely. But when you see, like, what James Harden and Steph came on the scene and did, it yeah. was just like, okay, I get it. And then now Giannis, which is going to be the back-to-back MVP right uh, this season, like, bro, I don't think anyone ever would have... This is the thing about now in this climate. I don't think anyone would have ever said what Michael Jordan being alive with breath in his lungs, playing the game at the level that he was playing it at, like, can you imagine Carl uh, Malone or Charles Barkley saying, don't call me MVP until I win it again next year with Michael Jordan, like, out there? Right, can you no. imagine that being said? Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, can you really imagine that being said? But those years. Think that- about it.
2: Those no, years that those no. years you
3: mentioned with Steph, like there were arguments both those Steph years that it could have been LeBron. I don't there. know,
2: bro. There were. That first that, that's that'd that, that be pissing me off. That unanimous year, I'll be looking <laughs> at that, I'll be like, Steph dominated that year. <laughs> like he he was literally unguardable for an entire fucking season. Yeah. Like the get, give the dude a break like i love
3: steph i love Steph. i'm I'm the argument
2: the argument isn't did steph deserve to be unanimous the argument was how many times did they get it wrong and not give unanimous mvps to other people who fucking deserved it like Shaq that year you know like it wasn't that steph didn't deserve it it was that other people who deserved it didn't get it their years they got it boom yeah yeah, so, you know, that's what it is. Although, you know, I will push back. You know, Karan, you said you got five kids. You can't choose, you know, your best one. I don't have no kids, but I got two cats, and I definitely got a favorite. Uh, So, you know, <laughs> I got a favorite one, and it's Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy's my homie. Bella, she be on that shit. So I have,
3: a, uh, <laughs> I have
2: a question for you. I want to know, how did your nickname come about,
0: Tough Juice? You know, it's crazy. Eddie Jones, when I was with the Washington Wizards, I was always a guy that played through and any injury, or whatever the case may be. So Eddie Jones was just like, you know, I never, I recall a game where he was like, I think I was supposed to be out a couple weeks. And I was like walking through the walkthrough and everything. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm playing. He was like, no, the, they said you're not playing. I said, no, i I say I'm playing, like I'm playing. And he looked like, damn, tough. You're a tough motherfucker. And when he said that, you know, he was like, I'm going to start calling you tough juice. That's what that's what I'm going to start calling you. I'm going to start calling you tough juice. And it kind of just stuck. Like I was walking out at that shoot around and I was like, damn, that that's that's dope. And I remember, we, you know, we used to put designs in the back of our head. So I had uh, tough juice, had my barber put tough juice in the back of my head that, that, that afternoon, that evening. And uh, before the game, I went out there with it, and um we was playing the Boston Celtics. And KG was like, uh, OK, tough juice. And uh, I was like, yeah, that shit That shit kind of, well, you know, he didn't say it like that. You know, KG right, right, was always right. amped up. Like, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, tough juice, huh? Yeah. OK, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, OK. You're going to see how tough stuff. your juice is, yeah, nigga. Yeah, 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 yeah. let's hey, see, mother, <laughs> uh, 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 all that. You know, as he talking to his damn self. You know, right. uh, yeah, and, and, and it just stuck from there, man, and it kind of just became like a brand after that. You know
3: uh, I mean? no. So I speaking of KG, I want to bring this up too. You have three. I don't know if you're I don't know if you're one of those players who like remembers specific dunks over people. Do you got them like in your head? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So you got three. When Jackies told me that that I was gonna be here talking to you, I, I, <laughs> these three dunks popped into my head right away. <laughs> And they're the same dunk. You went baseline left, but you dunked with your right hand across your body. Okay? Yeah. Very similar to that Baron Davis over Karolinko dunk. Uh-huh. So you got one over KG. <laughs> you you head fake on Paul Pierce at the elbow. You go left, and you just right cross your body on KG. You got a nasty one over Spencer
0: Hawes. <laughs> and then you got one over... I remember over- that was at the far end of the hoop, too. I, I don't know what the hell Spencer was thinking, man. And <laughs> well, that one about
3: Spencer Hawes—you actually like make your body do a C shape. You like you put, you put your butt out, and then the last one was over Chris Kamen. Ooh, Chris Kamen. You got Chris yeah. Kamen dirty a clip. Do you clip do you C. have like a do you have like a favorite like a favorite
0: dunk where you bodied someone? You do you have a favorite body? You know what? I got Yao Ming. I got Tim Duncan. I got bro. I got some. You had one on bodies. Sacramento
3: too. It was kind of on like
0: two people on Sacramento. Yeah, they Did a throw in, yeah. I got I, I got some I got some nice ones, bro. But I I would have to say, uh, damn, the one on Yao Ming just kind of meant a little something because I said I was gonna dunk on his ass like right before the game started. I said I'm gonna catch his ass because he <laughs> he was slow he was slow with the rotation, you know, because he's so big, so he. He's like this, like usually guys be open Mm -hmm. and they see everything. But he, he was like a back turner. So he, I help. And then when he come, like if I'm already in flight, I got him because my momentum is going to take me to the basket. And I'll never, I'll never forget. Like for some reason I had the ball and he was trying to like make sure he was at his man. And then I, I knew I can go by my man. I was like, Oh shit, I got him. And I took flight and he turned and I was there already. Bum! I caught him and I looked at the bench like, I told you motherfucker, I told y'all I there. <laughs> yeah, and we'll that was there. there. That was the one right there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one I remember. Al Harrington that- from
3: the We Believe team said that that was always his least favorite matchup, Yao, because he said that that they didn't have no big bodies on that on that We Believe Warriors team. Oh, yeah. And so it was like like it was like Steven Jackson <laughs> and Al Harrington are having to guard Yao <laughs> and it was like they were just getting elbows in their forehead the whole time, just like elbows in the forehead. He said a normal guy would get an elbow in the chest. But he's like, for me, you just hit me in the forehead though. Yeah, guy. man. Yeah, yeah he was just in the he way, wouldn't even touch me. He, he, would, yeah, he would
2: give me stomachs to the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seven you six. Know. Like us shit. five us five eight brothers, you know, we we ain't, you know, we can't be. He might miss seven, you eight. though. He would, he would <laughs> miss me. He would just straight up miss me. I'd be like, yo, thanks for giving me a haircut, bro. <laughs> 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 yo, I wanna ask you something, Karan. Uh not to, you know, this, you know I don't think it's somber to bring up Kobe Bryant Because uh, the legacy is great The legacy is there You had the opportunity to play with Kobe uh, And at that point in his career You know, this is really before The prime of LeBron took off too So at that point in his career, Kobe was Like, the greatest You know, the greatest in the NBA Probably still to many people uh, And I know as an actor An entertainer, you know, if you say Jaquise, you about to be in a movie with Denzel you know, I'm going to I'm going study them lines a little extra harder. I'm going to be in front of the mirror, getting my facial expressions right. And I don't do that shit to begin with. So how is it, you know, knowing like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to, you know, I'm around the Kobe Bryant type era, uh, type player. And how does that raise the mental and raise like, you know, how you approach your everyday? Man, people...
0: You know, rest in peace to my brother, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, people don't understand the the relationship and the connection that we had. After just that one season, our friendship was greater going forward mm-hmm. f- for being a teammate. And I'll never forget traveling uh, to Los Angeles, be- participating in that press conference when I was traded for Shaq and uh, myself, right. Lamar Odom, Brian Grant, Um, We get there, Kobe signed a huge deal, and we was just, you know, talking. And immediately he said, bro, like, we about to black out, about to work out. And, you know, I knew that Lamar was doing his own thing. I knew that Brian was, you know, had his family. He was going immediately back to Miami, you know. But me, I was like, "Bet I'm here. Like, I want to learn. I want to, like you said, man, I want to be, you know, the best that I possibly can be. You know what I mean? And, you know, Kobe was the measuring stick for guys, you know, that played a perimeter position or anybody in basketball. He was, you know, our era Michael Jordan, you know. So, you know, I just just stayed next to him, man. And it was like glue, man. Uh, If you saw him, you saw me. Uh, We was always in the gym together. He was kicking my ass every day, you know, helping me be better, you know, from a defensive standpoint, watching film. Uh, teaching me all the things that I learned in Miami. You know, in Miami, I was with Pat Riley, the godfather of the game, and Eddie Jones and those guys, Bimbo Coles, best vets ever. They was pouring into me. And all the things that Pat Riley taught me about longevity in, in this space of being a professional, I was learning, right? But to actually see that shit and to see what it takes to be a professional, and that type of commitment of excellence, what I've seen with Kobe and the disposition night in and night out. I was like, it's no, re- no reason why, why he's like this, like in the success that he's, uh, ob- obtaining and why all these goals are realistic for him. But most importantly to all the listeners and viewers that's going to see this, those the same type of qualities that you have to apply in life. And those was the things that I took from it, you know, where our last dinner together and our last conversations and our last text messages, you know, he was always pushing me to be a better version of myself, even in my second act. He was like, when I retired, he was like, yeah, that was dope. The basketball shit was fun. Now what? Now our second acts have to be amazing. And I used to always share this this uh this common thing of storytelling with him. And now I'm writing books, I'm producing yeah. content as well. Yeah. But he led me down that path saying, bro, you you gotta do that shit. And I was like, man, like I ain't gonna be no producer. I ain't gonna be doing like creating content. I'm not be no dog, you gotta do that shit, man. And every time I would do something, he always sent me a friendly reminder, text, now what? That was the <laughs> now what? Because he forced me to continue to stay true to the mission. And the goals was just checkpoints. So when we accomplished certain things, we so I hit his ass back. Now what? You know what I mean? The same thing. And yeah. that was our little thing that we had uh amongst ourselves. But man, that brother, you know, I miss him dearly. I reached out to Vanessa just the other day and we was, you know, just changing text messages, talking about that man. It was uh it was devastating, him, the loss of him and Gigi and the yeah. seven others. But you know, uh, Kobe, I learned so much from him. Kobe was an icon
3: to me growing up. Uh, my cat is actually named Gigi. I got her a week after the accident. Um, um, it's funny, though. It's not funny. It's 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 interesting, though. His disposition was always like this, like, you know, black mambo, right? The the tough, right. the, the, this guy. And, and since his passing, we've seen from so many interviews. I, I would imagine I watched every damn interview I could. Everybody says something to the effect of he was always reaching out. He was always responding. He was always asking about my family. He was always trying to encourage me to do better in my career. And it's like we're we're learning this whole other persona that was there, which was the super supportive, super responsive friend, family man. And I love that that's coming out and that's that's getting out there now.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of people never saw. That side, right? Because he was so dominant as a basketball player. And we was, we all knew that we was witnessing greatness, you know, the closest thing to Michael Jordan, as we touched on earlier in this interview. But at the same time, no one, I, I don't think no one ever really took the time to pull back the curtain and really get to know him. You know, it was a small handful and he was really protective with that space. Mm. And I was just fortunate and glad and, and honored to be behind the curtain to see who he really was and what he was all about. And, you know, amazing father. I, I think the whole girl dad slogan and what Love he that. stood for in that space, like, you know, it, it was dope, man. Like, and that's what he really was about. Like, it's it's not something that narrative that was created. That was just his lifestyle and what he was about in his pursuit uh, of excellence in every space that he was in. I mean, goddamn, he won an Oscar, you know, Yes. Yeah. You know, just removed one year removed out out the game yeah. for Dear Basketball. His creative, New York Times bestseller, all these different things was happening. So we know the trajectory that he was going to see in the foreseeable future, man. And you know, this gone too soon. But his legacy will live
2: on forever. It's wild too because you know, we've had celebrities pass away. And the 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 biggest ones that I can remember where it was kind of like where were you moment was Michael for me at least Michael Jackson, uh, <laughs> Prince you know you remember mm-hmm. where you were and then Kobe and and yeah. and it, it kind of speaks to you know and Michael Jackson died in oh nine so this is kind of yeah. even before like the real height of social media right. uh and prince died and that was in the social media but we know how it goes now the 24-hour news cycle you know we mourn for a week and then kind of the next thing happens right and it's an unfortunate part it's kind of crazy and and it speaks to just how influential we didn't realize kobe was just in a lot of circles that the only thing that got the news cycle off of kobe was a pandemic (laughs) like honestly like the pandemic hit and then it was like oh damn that we should probably focus on this right now right and i think that speaks yeah. to the the importance of somebody in this age of social media and our society that his untimely passing because it does feel even more than even mike did you, you know? know jock
3: gone too soon jock after the last time i was on culture kings was after kobe passed and um i remember the idea that i only met this dude once for 10 minutes i met kobe bryant once for 10 minutes and when he passed, it meant it, it sort of impacted me more than I've had grandparents that have passed because I've had more contact in my life with just watching Kobe every day for 25 years, like watching, talking about my brother, talking to my brother about Kobe and talking to my best friends about Kobe. So, so much of your life and, and what you do and what you watch and every day and just like in the chat is Kobe, 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 Kobe so that when it's taken from you, it feels like a family member's taken from you, Even have only met him one time for 10 minutes and you know what I mean It's a stranger to you so it, it does have an impact I want to bring up though with Devin Booker hit that shot the other day there was a lot of people talking about all the young guys that worked with Kobe that are like sort of taking the legacy that like Devin Booker, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard all these young guys that are like using the the footwork that Kobe taught him the mid-range game that Kobe taught him, Kyrie Irving, all these people do you see that? Do you see like this like legacy of really young guys that all sort of looked to Kobe and were working with Kobe and now they're
0: taking his legacy forward? Well, I, th- I think that, you know, to your point, that, that era, he was the Michael Jordan for those guys, right? He's the measuring stick. And, you know, he has five championships. He's been with an organization, one organization for 20 years.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: the way that he... You know, went about it, imposed his will on situations, and always just found the way. Uh, in the mentality that he had, I think guys are like, you know what? That's what I would want. That's what that's the type of success I want. And to see all those guys, you know, carry that 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 torch and you know honor his legacy like that, it's special to watch, man. It really is. You know, uh, Devin Booker hit the shot, and I was just like, wow. That, that, that gave you like one of those moments where it's like that, like immediately in my head, not out loud, cause I was in the studio watching it live, but I was like, that's some shit Kobe would do right there. Like mm-hmm. I just yeah. said it to myself immediately. That's yeah. some Kobe, that's some Kobe shit, like immediately. And you see that with a lot of guys as I'm watching the replay right now on the jump, you know, <laughs> that's some shit Kobe would do. They show Devin Booker a, a yeah. highlight, but that's, that's just what it is, man. So it's, it's amazing to see people play homage and, while he's gone to keep the legacy alive and going, which is going to happen anyway, because he's just a guy and a figure that in life you just can't tell the story of life in basketball without mentioning. You,
3: yeah. you 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 said something. I think it's a perfect uh what's it called uh segue. So you talked about how Kobe played with one organization for twenty years. You played with a lot of organizations, and so I want to ask you two questions about that because I don't think the regular person who's not like a diehard NBA fan gets this. Talk about what it's like when you get traded. I think a lot of times we look at NBA players like superheroes and we forget that they have lives and they got wives and they got kids and they got homes. And sometimes you just get up and traded. Can you talk about what that's like? You've been traded a couple times in your career. Just like what that's like.
0: Uh, it's tough, man. You know, whenever you're with the organization uh, and you invest so much time and energy in a place in the community. Uh, with your teammates, because it's all about camaraderie and stuff like that. Uh, and then you're removed out that situation. One, it's good to know that somebody else wants you because that means Damn. you have value. But it's also unfortunate because, like you touched on, you know, I always had three kids or more, you know what I mean, like four or five. You know, I have five now. But it was one of those situations where you're plugging and unplugging them into communities where you're taking them out of schools and you're not able to do, you know, the thorough re- research to place them places. You know what I mean? Uh, you you know that the price point is high where you put them in private schools and stuff right. like that, but it's 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 more beyond that, right? Cause it's, surf, it's surface level shit. And then it's the layers that we'd right, like to right. kind of touch on because, you know, in this climate right now, where you talk about all the isms, you know what I mean? It's important to have your kids in the right environment. But then, you know, fast forward past that, now you're going into a new locker room where, you know, the pecking order is already established. Now you, you're you trying to insert yourself so you can be an asset immediately, and that's right. a problem. You know what I mean? So it's just – it's like it's a lot of uphill battle battling – uh when when a trade is happening and then it's a lot of emotions that go into it you don't got to name names but like do they different organizations handle it different though right like
3: some call you some do you find out like i've heard players find out on espn on sports center they got traded
2: oh yeah bro my cousin i mean my cousin is harrison barnes and uh he found out wild that he got (laughs) he got traded uh man
0: listen i did it i did an event for the miami heat and i was walking through the damn airport I'll never forget. I just got back from Antigua. I'm walking through the airport and all the damn TVs. It's like Shaquille O'Neal is coming. The trade wasn't official yet, but it was like Shaq is coming to Miami. He wants, that's the destination spot. <laughs> so I was like, yo, this is yes, the <laughs> I was like,
2: Chip City. I was like, Chip City. Yo, Chip you was like, City. not one. Not two, again, not two, three, not, three, not three, not four, nine. not five, and then all of a sudden, was, i was like, "Oh shit, who he getting
0: traded for?" So uh, <laughs> I saw, I saw the proposal, and my shit, I was like, uh, I was like, Brian Grant, Lamar Odom, duh. There's like Karan, But I was like, "Oh shit, that's me." I was like, I'm in, I'm in the trade, so I'm trying to text and call, like you know, manage. Ain't nobody answering, you know, because you know they're in the talks. <laughs> Right. said, D-Wade, right. I'm like, what you hearing? D-Wade's like, bro, like, shit. I'm hearing, like, you might be in the trade. And, you know, me and D-Wade, like, literally bought houses right next to each other. Damn. We thought we were going to be in Miami forever together. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, later on that evening, you know, I got, I, I, got, I got alerted that I was traded. You know what I mean? And I just bought the house. I had to. Pivot out, move, come to L.A. Like, it was just, it was crazy, man. So that's that's how
1: I you know. To
3: find out. I know this ain't how salary cap works, but Dwayne Wade, Karam Butler,
2: Lamar Odom, and Shaq would have been. <laughs> that would have been a squad. Would have been. Yeah. Man. That would have been a squad. That would have, I mean, listen. I was like, y'all can't trade nobody else? you like, <laughs> Damn. Y'all know I just bought this house. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was about to pull a 6-9 on their ass. I was like, yo, train him. Right. Right right, right. right, right, right. <laughs> yo, Pat, man, Pat. Yo, my man right here was like, Your mama ugly. Uh, he was like. <laughs> that
3: a pick and pop with you and Shaq, though. Oh my God. Yeah, you, a man. pick and pop with you and Shaq. And and then you, you'd have to decide as a defender: am I gonna jump to D-Wade or am I gonna jump to Karan Butler? <laughs> if they jump to D. Wade and you
0: slash. Uh, shit that's the same shit i was
2: thinking (laughs) here's something that i love about uh just entertainment business in general and in the past 15 20 years we've seen more of this right athletes or people who come from the world of athletics and then transition into that TV role, and Kobe transitioning into, like, the entertainment, Hollywood. Kobe won an Oscar before I did. And listen, I'm happy about that, but who would have (laughs) thought? You know, like, who would have thought, right? Kevin Kevin Durant's producing a lot. Baron Davis is producing a lot. LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. LeBron James. So, you know, back when I was a shorty, when, you know we had Kareem in movies and that was cool and we had the Juice who we won't talk about <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> you know before <laughs> but you know the big thing the big athlete was MJ and Space Jam right and now yeah. that seems like. Of course, Michael Jordan would be in Space Jam. He's the best player in the NBA. Why wouldn't he do other shit, right? right. That was not something that was a normal thing. Uh, how, I mean, like, what's the entertainment What's the entertainment outlook for you, bro? Because I see you in these different spaces. You're charismatic. You're dope on TV. You're writing, which is dope. Uh, I mean, shit, man. We, we need more brothers in the entertainment industry to take over this industry. So what's that outlook for you?
0: Man, you know, one, just, you know, creating content is... I think very important now, especially in this climate. And, you know, it's, it's important that we tell true stories mm-hmm. and people that identify the truth and tell it the right way, man, from their lenses. So, you know, I, I, I did this piece, uh, on Markel, folks. We, uh, we got, uh, the Telly Award for, um, and it was, it was a story no one wanted to touch. And then Markel didn't want to tell because, you know, he was going through like the adversity, but I'm like, when you're most vulnerable, I think that's the shit that people really want to see. People don't Mm -hmm. always want to see the heroic moments, but you will rise, bro. So like, let's get this shit recorded and talk about this stuff and eventually show the, 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 the the outcome, you know, because people are, they, they got use and content with this instant success. You know what I mean? Like, people just post like the, Hey man, look, I won or what, but they don't know what it took to get to that point. So like, I like to tell those type of stories, like in the sports space, but also, you know, we're getting into the other space as well. Uh, you know, with uh, weed documentary that we're working on uh, the marijuana industry uh, with Mark Wahlberg as well. And, you know, telling stories with children books as well. Like, you know, I, I had this group of kids through Butler Elite Program, over seven, 70, 80 kids. And the stories that they used to tell me within a six-mile radius uh, in Racine, Wisconsin, was just mind-blowing. And, you know, some some of the stories are true. Uh, most of them are, you know, dramatized a little bit. But for the most part, is to inspire these kids to be a better version of themselves. So that's the path that I'm going down. Uh, you know, with my storytelling in the book space and also in the content space with the visual stuff with MGM hmm. and Mark Wahlberg. So, like, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, continue to tell those stories in this climate and with all the social issues that's happening around us. I was debating bringing this up, but you brought up Mark Wahlberg.
3: He's got the rights to your biopic from your book. Yeah. Is that yeah. a thing that's still happening? Yeah, so we, f-
0: yeah, we filmed it in January in, in Ooh, Racine, shit. Wisconsin. Wow. We got pushed back two times because of all the stuff that's happening, but yeah. you know, Lord willing, you know, it's happening. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. when it's definitely yeah. happening. So I, I, all right,
2: let's talk let's talk about that biopic. Uh is it is it uh somebody playing you or Yeah,
0: I I, I can't go into who's playing me. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it's dope. Okay. And it's, it's my teenage years. It's my teenage yeah. years of my life. All
2: right, all right, yeah. shit. We gonna we gonna see. And I'm also you know. <laughs> Go I'm gonna hit our producer up and be like, "Yo, Matt, <laughs> Jaques could have auditioned." You know, Karan Butler was five <laughs> eight when he was twelve. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right. I got a pitch for you. I got a pitch for you. I think this. I think it's dope about the biopic. But if you ever decide, I was thinking about this last night. I don't know why. We can get into my psyche of why I thought this, but I was like, you know, would it be dope? <laughs> If they remade Captain Planet and Karan Butler was Captain Planet, I don't know why that shit popped in my head. I think I like just saw an old picture of you and then like the build, and I was like, put some, put some blue makeup on my man, get him in that Captain Planet uniform. Captain Planet,
3: he's the yeah. hero. I'll Bro. play with it. Bro. Oh, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. He... Uh, he played in Washington with Agent Z. <laughs> That's Girl. my theme
0: music. That's <laughs> your theme
3: bro. You, okay, so, you
1: can have um, it, man. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm super involved uh, in a lot of activism causes. I work with Black Lives Matter. Um, I work, I'm a co-founder of this group called the Chicago Inclusion Project, which seeks to level the playing field for women and people of color in the industry. So I know Keese is super involved in uh, a, a lot of the causes too right now that are going on. And just a quick Google search of your name and you've been you've been outspoken as well, which I think is great. And going with this whole more than an athlete thing and getting rid of that whole shut up and dribble mentality that a lot of people have. Uh, you have a platform, you have a voice, you have a lot of fans that know you through basketball and now they're hearing your opinions outside of basketball. How do you feel
0: about all that? You know, it's crazy because with the more than an athlete thing, uh, LeBron asked me to, you know, be part of the whole movement uh, more than the vote to, you know, help out in, in, in the state of Wisconsin. And more so than ever now, you saw Kanye, you know, getting help from the GOPs trying to right. get him on a ballot there in Wisconsin, which is mind blowing to me. But then you also talk about voter suppression. You know, that's something that's been happening in, in the state of Wisconsin for quite some time where we only make up when you talk about black, brown, Latinx community under 10% of the population, but it's still suppressed, you know, and this is something that I've been working with and towards, you know, for quite some time since 2003. I also serve on the board of the Vera Institute, where we address mass incarceration and all the social issues, immigration reform as well. And I've been visiting, you know, multiple correctional facilities from, uh, you know, Rockers Island and New York and other locations, uh, across the world and just try to provide clarity. So once you get that data and you do that research, you're able to, you know, have a specific call to action. So my call to action would be one, you know, why are we the most, you know, populated from incarceration standpoint globally
2: in the world? Speak on it, speak on it. This is great.
0: and then Yeah. And then another thing is, you know, what is your specific call to action? Because when I look at everything across the board and I, for the first time in my lifetime, I see 50 states, I see young people, different generations marching and protesting, uh, over 18 countries, but yeah. I want people to really understand why you're out there. You know what I mean? Like, and have a specific call to action. Like, is it going to be that you're going to hold your elected officials account- accountable? Mm. And then how do you go about doing that? You know, do you march to these, you know, to the aldermen, to the the chief, uh, to the mayor, to the all these elected officials? Just understand that it, it's not just November. It's not just the presidential election. You know, we're in the middle of a census and all these things need to be addressed. So that's the call to action. You know what I mean? For me. And that's why I try to motivate people with my platform to do.
3: Yeah, you're talking you about know, is- uh, mass incarceration. I work with Reform LA Jails, which is uh, which actually won last year to uh, not have a $3 billion jail be built in Los Angeles would have been the yeah. America's largest jail. Um, and we, we, we won. And it's one of those things that was a local measure on a ballot. And I tell people voting for measure R last year is going to have more impact on your life than whoever the president is because that is a jail really? in your community that is going to incarcerate people for nothing but just not having money for bail because they had a little weed in their pocket. So, so. Real talk, I'm I'm really happy that you're doing that. These are causes that are close to my heart too. Um, I'm gonna hit you up on Twitter about that stuff later too. So please, anytime. Yeah. yeah,
2: no doubt. I think I think it's so important too. You know, like one one of my biggest. The bigger, the biggest part, because somebody said something. I want to shout out Talia Caldwell. Uh, I don't know if you know Talia. She played in the WNBA. She's a homie of a homie of mine. Uh, for a little I'm bit. Probably, I probably know. Yeah, but I want to shout her out. She's she's doing so much dope work as many Black women are, because they lead um in so many ways, and we need to we need to make sure we are, you know, fighting for our Black women and our all, all our Black lives out there. But she said something to me, and she was saying. What are you good at? Great. How can you give back in that in that in that space, right? And one of my biggest causes is just trying to amplify more black voices, right? Uh, there's no reason that black voices shouldn't be amplified. Uh, we lead pop culture and we lead entertainment and we lead journalism and we lead all of these different fields in so many ways, and we're just not allowed the space, right? And my big thing is, all right, great let's take that space. <laughs> like, let's take that space and hold it and hold it. Right. And I think that speaks to what you're saying is, what are you out here for? Right. What are you out here for? And, and, and I don't want that to sound like, you know, cause listen, just being there to big up somebody else is also something that is very important. You know, we're stronger together. Right. Um, but what you're out here for and knowing what you're out here for and being focused on that. And even if you have other things, I think it's so important that I don't want that to get lost. I think that was one of the most important things you said is what are we out here for? And let's actually work toward those goals and like build the team who we know can help us achieve those goals. Uh, how, how is that for you building that team around you? Cause that's so important too.
0: Man. I, I think for this For this specific call to action, right, with the Vera Institute, I actually joined the team right? because I was already fighting this battle. Uh, I was incarcerated. I did 18 months. And one of the things to me, every male in my family was incarcerated before me. Mm
1: -hmm. So that
0: that that stigma was just there. You know what I mean? And that was something that I wanted to address because, yeah, we did some shit that we shouldn't have been doing. And we paid our debt to society. But. The, the thing that was happening is that we was targeted, you know, a, a, a lot from discrimination standpoint. And when you think about old Jim Crow, new Jim Crow, you think about, you know, the civil rights movement and everything, and still to be at this place in the confines of our environment, it was some things that was just structurally wrong and fractured with the system. So I always was talking about this since as long as I could remember. And then when I had a platform, when I you know, became, you know, somewhat successful in the NBA and I had a larger platform. I was just like, these things are important to me. And before, you know, it, you know people was uncomfortable to talk about these things. So I just did the work on my own. I was grassroots doing it, you know, in my community, uh, gathering like minds and just, you know, trying to move the needle in some spaces. It wasn't until I think like 2016 where I got introduced to Vera Institute and I started doing some things, they're like, yo, we got a whole board over here. We got the best lawyers in the world. We got this. We got that. We passing bills. We move. I was like, oh shit, I need to be a part of that. Yeah. And when I came to them with my ideas, they was just like, yo, like we like we need you. You're an asset to our board. And then I got voted on the board, and now you know one of the directors is 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 help amplify like relationships with the NBA. And with communities where I can be at the table and I can give the real raw, authentic observation on what this shit is, not some shit that I just read in a book. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. That's not what this This is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, you know, we got some really, really brilliant, not smart, I'm talking about brilliant, you know, like people touch from God. Like when you talk about in that space from how they assess things. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you still need that authentic. You know what I mean? That yeah. something you can touch yeah. and that experience in that room. So I think it, I provide it's, it's that combining academic
3: them. brain with like heart, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like yeah. it's like this is the heart, this is the truth of the situation, <laughs> and
0: this is the stats and the numbers and the brain, and you want both. Yeah, that's and that's that's the part of the team that I join, and now we have specific call to actions. Uh, We get endowments from, you know, private institutions, Uh, you know, best form of giving is anonymous. So you got people giving out, you know, crazy money in this climate because, you know, everybody want to take a picture with a black friend right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's what's happening and and it's pretty dope.
2: Yeah. 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 I know how that feels, man. Um, (coughs) I I do want to, I want to make sure we talk about just the, the current NBA season a little bit, but before we jump to that, um, and this is a way to transition into it. I want to ask you this. So, uh, Marcellus Bennett brought this up, and you know, Marcellus Bennett's been on the show, dope dude, uh, always gonna speak his mind. But he's bringing up the fact that you know when the kneeling started with Colin Kaepernick, right, and how it it the effect that it had then. And he bought up, and I don't really agree with this, so I want to hear your point of view. He bought up, yo, this kneeling just don't hit the same. Now it feels like just a show, or it feels like, you know, just a, um, it it feels put on, and stuff like that. You know, if everybody kneeling, then what's the point? And I don't know if I agree with that, but I would love to hear what, because my opinion is, the NBA was the first major company that shut down in Corona. Once that's that's when that's when that's when COVID became real for black people. That's it's when they when became the real for me, man. Shut down. Right. So they led in that way. The NBA is not perfect, but leads in social justice more than any other major organization <laughs> has, uh, to my knowledge. And if anybody deserves to get a chance to do this right, it's the NBA. And let's right? throw a
3: little more out there on that, Jack. I mean, last year when Charlotte, when a couple years ago, when NBA had the all-star game in Charlotte and the trans bathroom band thing was going on, the NBA pulled the all-star game from Charlotte. Yeah. Um, the NBA's marquee franchise is run by a woman. The NBA is the first to have um, uh, female referees. They're the first to have female assistant coaches. They uh, they have the most uh, person of color executives out of any of the major sports. So in a lot of the ways, the NBA is leading, like you said, the other sports. And I agree with you. I think having a bunch of, a bunch of, players who are superheroes to, to to kids kneeling, it makes it more mainstream.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's your thought on that, Karan?
0: Well, one, it, it forced a discussion, but this the thing that's getting lost in all the conversation. Universally, Kaepernick was right. Yeah. Yeah. He was right. And that's right. what I think everyone is missing. Like, why they, why they kneeling? Why they kneeling? Why... Fuck all that. Fuck all... Like, why? It's like, acknowledge that... The bravery that it took for Kaepernick to do that and the real sacrifice that he made for people from all walks of life. It wasn't just people that looked like us who he initially made the sacrifice for, but he stood for equality. He was mm -hmm. just like, equality and justice isn't happening. And when you listen to the anthem, he's not kneeling at the flag, but he's kneeling at the anthem where it says, with liberty and justice for all. And And when that isn't happening... He took a stance and he drew his line in the sand and I respect him. I can't wait to see him in person where I, where I can just really vent and let him know how much we appreciate him Mm -hmm. for, you know, really, you know, being a leader in all of this. And right now, isn't that what you want? That's why it's called a movement. If, if you post, that's how a trend happened. A good trend. When you post something, he posted because that shit makes sense. And that's exactly what I was thinking. And this is the trend that Kaepernick created. You know what I mean? By taking that knee, uh, taking that knee, everyone is doing it now because that is a, a, a message and a good trend and a law and drawing a line in the sand. And I'm glad that he did it. I'm glad that everyone is, you know, doing it. But outside of that, I'm glad that everybody is having a specific call to action because What's dope with the NBA, if we can't do it, nobody can do it. You know, creating a bubble and creating a, a safe environment with zero COVID test positive to the day, uh, inside the bubble. And these guys are able to play, but the messaging on the floor, uh, the messaging on the shirts, the jerseys, everything that's dope, but it's, it goes beyond the symbolic gesture of saying, we're just going to give you this and let you do this. Is letting you have the freedom on the platform where all eyeballs are on, and and, and watching, and all ears are listening, to say exactly what you're feeling at the time, and that's therapeutic as well. And it's probably uncomfortable because people want to tune into the sports and just watch the game and turn the TV off when the game is over. But the sound bites are justice for Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. the who, the what, and the why, and the call to action, and then they get into the basketball stuff. And then the NBA as well, the Board of Governors have gave uh, a huge endowment of three hundred million dollars, you know, to the black causes, and I think that's dope. And then that is going to continue going forward. So this is just the beginning. Like it's an investment to address the wealth gap and all those things in America, uh, in the black and brown community, and I think that's important.
3: It takes it takes a lot of privilege to be able to say. Oh well, the 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 police that kill people that that's their problem. I don't deal with that. Or or the mass incarceration that disproportionately affects twenty out of a thousand black citizens and one out of a thousand white citizens. That's their thing. Don't worry about that. That's that's their thing. It takes privileged people to check out. So when you say something like, "Oh, people like to watch their sports and turn it off," and now yeah. we're saying, "No, you can't check out. If you yeah. going to watch sports, it's won't. here too. It's this is this <laughs> too because yeah. you're see not see it up and down the court. Exactly. You're not allowed to." You're not allowed anymore to listen to Beyonce and Jay Z and watch Denzel Washington and Michael B. Jordan and have a LeBron James jersey and have a Kobe Bryant poster on your wall, but then not want to talk about Black Lives Matter. You can't do that. You know what I mean? That's, bro, you gotta
0: have. It, it's like it, it's like racism isn't like road construction, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like oh shit, I, I, I follow waves. Like my my shit just telling me to go this right. way, so I don't have to see it. It is everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and I think Kareem said it best. It's like racism is like dust in the air and it don't come visible until you shine a light on it. So it's amazing that when you think that you're going to this safe spot. Right. No, we're going to talk about this shit here, too. And when you turn on news, news, you clearly going to see a deer. And when you turn on the damn animal channel, you're going to see that shit. Black exactly. lives mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Deer. You turn we'll on Netflix, you turn on Hulu, you turn on whatever yep. you gonna see, some black lives matter, racism, the way we talking about it, you ain't getting away from this. The way I like to put <laughs> it is, is white supremacy is not the shark
3: in the water. White supremacy is the water. Yeah. White supremacy is the water. <laughs> yes. We're in the water. So we got to we got to clean the water. It's not getting rid of the shark. We got to.
2: Although the I'm not top. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Watching some racist-ass animals on Animal Planet could be funny. <laughs> that shit could be funny, y'all. A racist shark? Let's watch some, <laughs> like, just watch some sharks who only fuck with black hey, people. Like, Karan, nah. Karan, it, was, it was it was your former teammate, Karan
3: Butler. It was your former teammate, Gilbert Arenas, who said, there's no such thing as a shark attack. The only way that there would be a shark attack is if a shark left the water, walked on the beach and ate a person. <laughs> That's a shark attack. He was like, if a shark eats you in the water, you were trespassing on his home and he defended
0: himself. So there's no such thing yo, as a
3: shark attack. Yep.
0: He's he's 100% accurate on that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He's 100 Yeah, you you in his space. You yeah.
2: violated. Yeah. Shit. Let me tell you who ain't never going to get eaten by a shark. Jockeys' knee. <laughs> 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 shit, I may get popped by the cop, but I ain't gonna get bit by a shark, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yo, let's talk about this NBA season real quick as we kind of get toward the end of this. Um, this is, I mean, listen, you know, COVID is is hitting close to home for a lot of us. Uh, in many ways, we want to see this done right. I think we look at Major League Baseball and how they can do it 100% wrong. Yep. And listen, I'm a Cubs fan. Greatest yep. day of my life was when the Cubs won a World Series. Even my kids being born won't be as good as that. But like... Damn. Uh, sorry, future children. <laughs> I'm kids a venture, are, to, say, I'm a venture born, to say kids are born every day. Cubs win one World Series another. You're gonna change years. your mind What's when your kids more are born. I, I can't wait I till know.
3: I can't wait till the Culture Kings episode the day after your know. kids are born. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, hold on
0: to this sound, <laughs> but <bike. laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> You're gonna change your
2: mind. <laughs> but uh, but the NBA is doing it right, man. I think the season is so good to see ball again. I, 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 people are looking good, you know, sloppy play here and there, which is basically a new season. They had four months off. That's an off uh, Where you see where you see this, this this bubble going? Where do you see we? Where do you see the championship going to, man? For, forget also, that. Two, Who's
3: the eight seed? I want to know who you think is the eighth seed. I think it's West. Portland. Me too. Yeah.
0: Nurkic is yeah, playing I, crazy, bro. People thought that he was to come back and be hobbled and all this. People understand he had a. He was just about ready to play right yes. before the pandemic hit. Yes. And then he had an extra four and a half, five months to get ready. So he like, he ready to go-go. Yeah, he, you and know what I like, mean? So and, and and Carmelo, Hassan, looks Carmelo looks amazing. Carmelo looks
3: amazing. And Hassan Whiteside was having to play like 36 minutes. Now with Nurkic back, people don't realize yeah. it. Hassan can go back to the 18, 20 minutes a the game. You got Zach Collins to play some minutes. They're and
0: good. He playing against second string players yes. too yes. Yeah, that's and what, what I've been telling people. Those. They don't get it.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, so man. if you think that but, AC, uh, how you thinking the Lakers looking against that AC? They're fine, Look, man. Come I think on. the
0: Lakers fine, but it's it's not going to be an easy out because of the dominance of Dame and CJ in that backcourt, and where I think the Lakers struggle with is guarding guys like that, right? Mm. And they got two of them. You know what I mean? With, without Avery Bradley, like not participating in the bubble games, that's a that's a huge loss and. You have to depend on Deion Waiters going to do his thing. Uh, hopefully JR get into the groove of things and those guys offense can be their defense. You know what I mean? In certain cases and hopefully Rondo comes back sometime soon. I know he's somewhere hovering outside the bubble and expected to, you know, uh, join them, you know, in the next probably 10 to 12 days. But at the same you know time, man, you know, Kyle Kuzma been great. Other guys been great, but shit, that backcourt dangerous. The Lakers got the one seed. <laughs> And they would have been better off
3: with the two seed because they're gonna have to play Portland, then Houston, then the Clippers, then they got you know what I mean? That's tough. And uh, better for and, who? Better for who? it. then playing the Let's Clippers. Let's go, Clip City!
1: Let's go, Clippers!
3: The, Clip, the Clipper, <laughs> the Clippers got to play Dallas, and then the winner of either Utah, uh, yeah. OKC, Denver. And what's, what's wild to me is the year that the Lakers get the one seed the whole home court advantage is thrown out the window. Their home court advantage is just thrown out the window. We lost our home court advantage even though we earned the home court advantage.
0: That, But you know what? It's, it's, it's everybody. It takes you back to AAU. Yeah. It's like, shit, you got to play all these games in the weekend and win on this court. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it is what it is. The, the thing that's that's mind-blowing to me is that if you guys been watching the perimeter shoot for the Lakers, I think it's been, you know, 30% thirty percent, I think it was even under thirty percent last suspect. night we called a game. Yeah, and I think it's because of the depth of the the arena. Like, you know, I remember playing in oh. uh certain yes. arenas where like I used to turn and look at the basket and the depth would would bother you. Like you could see out or in and it it'll put that dimension on on the basket. So playing in that 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 arena I think it's affected the shooting, but it ain't bothered Kyle Kuzma.
3: 55%. But everybody
0: else still struggling trying to find that, you know, what it's going to look like out there for him. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Do you think there's truth to the
3: article that some Bay area reporter wrote? I don't know if it's true, but you said something I want you touched on it. They said that uh, uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry grew up as kids shooting in NBA arenas uh, when their dads had games and that like, they might have been like. Do you think they're like better shooters because they were like shooting on those type of arenas growing up? Like, did that help a little bit or not? Nah, not really.
0: No, It helped because they got more reps than everybody else. But do you think like that
3: perception say. with the arena and shit mattered or not really?
0: I I I, I think that that perception do matter to a certain thing, extent. But man, bro. Do you know how many shots Steph and Clay take yeah, a yeah. damn day? <laughs> like certain dudes may go to the gym. They might stretch. They might put on their beads. They got the look. And then they might go through a little shit, get a little sweat on them, and be like, yeah, I'm cold. I'm out. Them dudes <laughs> are professions. They are professionals at their craft. They are shooters. And not only are they shooters, they're shot makers. You know what I mean? Not just right. shot takers, shot makers. Right. They are perfectionists in their craft.
2: Yeah. I mean listen, I love I love me some I love me the backcourt of Golden State. I think they're so fun to watch and shit, man. Like it's ruined it's ruined uh you know, you know, high school basketball cause all them niggas just take threes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: yo but, Hey yo, I was playing pickup the other day, man. I was back in Wisconsin and I'm running up the court, you know. I put a I put a few on, right? So when I run, I want the goddamn ball. Right. So I'm running. And I, I got my hand up, and the young fella, we got a three-on-one. He pulled up, shot a three. I bro. said, hold up, man. What the fuck? Bro. I said, hold bro. on, man. I, I said, don't, don't be doing that shit with me out here. If I run, give me the you ball. Did you tell
3: him I'm an all-star? I'm an <laughs> NBA all-star. I'm a
0: champion. I got a ring. I said, I'm an all-star. Yo, the Bro. young fella came up. He just like chucked that shit. I said, Bro, don't ever do that shit again. That should be pissing me off. I be like, Bro, <laughs>
2: pass it. Yo, there's a whole 20 feet of fucking space in between the line. And you, know the what
3: he, you know what he told his friends in the group chat, right? He told his friends in the group. He was like, Yeah. So I waved off Karam Butler. I told him, <laughs> yeah. If you want the ball, he got to play defense against some rebounds. <laughs> you
0: know, hey, I locked his ass off the gym from there on out. Damn, hey, well, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Hell yeah! Uh, who you got? Who you got uh, at the end of this bubble? Taking it all, man.
0: Uh, it's gonna be the Lakers or the Clippers, man. Yes, yeah. it is. It's gonna be the Lakers or the Clippers. I look. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be. Uh, well, it may not be a championship parade, but uh, the title coming to Los Angeles. It, okay. it is one way or other. I have, the one, or the I have one question I
3: like to ask uh, uh NBA players, and I and I want to ask you this question. Uh, especially because the area you played in, we all know the guys you played that are the, the legends that you guarded and that had guards you, the Carmelo Anthony's, the Tracy McGrady's, the Brandon Roy's, the, you know, the those guys, right? That caliber of player. I want to know who's the guy people don't think about, maybe not the all-star that you know is like, oh, that's a dog. Like, I don't want to play him today. Or like the guys that might be like, you know what I mean? Now, I've asked this question to a couple NBA players recently that are currently in the league. And everybody says the same dude. Oh, for real? Everybody says Drew Holiday. Oh yeah, they're all like that dude is. Everyone (laughs) is like, like, oh yeah. Uh Everyone is like, he is underrated. (laughs) Like he should be a super. Like he should be a superstar. Like, but but he don't get that due. Who was the guy for you in your in your like era that like you were like, man, he's underrated. Like he's not getting his due.
0: Well, that it, it wasn't a guy that I actually had to guard, but I used to watch how crafty he was. And I was like, damn, he's like, dude, he like really fucking good. It was Andre Miller. Mm-hmm. I used to love his game. Like I just like the way that he set the stage. And you know, when like imagine seeing Andre Miller, like you would just be like, if you saw him, you wouldn't think he was a basketball player, right? Like, you, right. you'd like, yo, man, like, huh, man, here are my keys, man. I'm going to be in here for an hour or some shit. But that motherfucker, he's a, like, baller. Like, bro, yeah. when he's out there, like, he plays off your mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, so every time you make a mistake, he's going to make you pay for it. If you overplay, he's on the back door. He always make the right thing happen on the basketball court. And then – Lord forbid, if you think that he can't shoot the little hit shot, now he goes off and score 50 on your ass or something. Right. You know what I mean? Because he was just built different. And he was one of those guys where still to this day, people don't talk about You're right. enough. Like him, Zach Randolph, uh, yeah. Jamal Mashburn, dudes like that. Like they just, they talk about him, but they don't talk about those dudes enough. Like there was some bad, bad boys. Have you ever seen
3: yeah. Zach Randolph play a game where he didn't have 20 and 10?
0: Shit, that's what he used to do, man. That was his. That was Mark that, yeah. yeah. that shit in the book. Yeah. Mark that shit in the book. If he didn't count. have 20, he had 25 rebounds and, and 17 points. <laughs> you know, you know
3: I'm, yeah. I, I'm from Syracuse. You had two Syracuse teammates. You had Eton Thomas and a guy from Syracuse, Andre Black, who I actually uh, ran an AAU season with once. Um, but there was a guy I grew up with named Andy Routins, uh, son of Leo Routins, and one of the greatest shooters to play for Syracuse. And he always used to say that Andre Miller threw the perfect alley oop pass. That it, that if that it, that was he was the best at throwing that. It would be in the right spot, at the right height, at the right timing. That uh, it was the perfect alley
0: oop pass. So that's a good answer you had. Yeah, thank you, brother. Look, he had a good feel of the game basketball. And think about it. In today's game, the pitch ahead is a lost art. Jason Kidd used to always pass the ball ahead to give you a chance. As a creative wing player to exhaust the option and then get it back and then set the offense, that's the drag. But Andre mastered that as well. A lot of guards now today want to dribble the ball up and kind of search out the opportunities for themselves and then kind of pitch it and get the assist. But man, man, dude did it all. Man, he was a hell of a guard, bro.
2: One last question for you, man. We're gonna get you out of here and set the stage. Karam Butler. 2020 is back in the NBA he's in the bubble it's nine o'clock at night all the games are done everybody's winding (laughs) down you know what I'm saying I know where you're going you know uh the curtains are pulled uh and and you you like hmm you know all the officials ain't out everybody's chilling it's a Wednesday night nobody gonna see me let me unlock this door get in my car go break this bubble for some food real quick What's the one <laughs> What's the one place you breaking the bubble for, Karan? And it don't have to be in Orlando. Oh. I'm just saying if if your place was in or if the place you would break the bubble for was in Orlando, what's that place? Where 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 you where, what you risking it all for?
0: <laughs> Damn, Man, you know what? If they had like some uh like the the BB Kings in uh in Orlando, that's what I'll risk it for right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shit, but maybe I'll just I'll order it. I'll Doordash it, and then I'll have like you know somebody wear a mascot uniform and dress up like Minnie <laughs> Mouse and bring the shit inside.
1: Right. I Be- was
0: like, Yo, the Bull. I- you gonna man, get Benny the my- Bull to get it? Man, I said my dude wasn't creative enough, man. You supposed to have the mascot bring it to you, <laughs> right?
2: Son, man. Right? Come on, bro. You 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 got to think better than that, man. <laughs> Yeah, come on, wow.
0: man. Use a drone, dog. Attach that shit right.
2: to a drone and fly it in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's funny, bro. Uh, Dope, man. Well, this has been dope. I want to make sure to give you the space that you want uh, to talk about anything you want to talk about, promote anything you want to, let the world know uh, anything you want them to know about what you're doing, what you like, what you're loving. So I want to give the floor is yours, my man.
0: Man, if, you know, I got a platform right now, an amazing platform to share this information Make sure you stay safe, and most importantly, make sure November eighth you get out there and vote, and you know do your part. That's that's my message to all the viewers and listeners. Just make sure you please, you know, get engaged. Uh, if, you're if you uninformed, or you lack information. You know what I mean. Get informed because this is the most important election of our yeah. lifetime, and so get out there and vote. That'd be Hell my yeah. call to action. I, I gotta say,
1: you.
3: this was a this was an honor, man. As a, I'm a diehard basketball fan and I'm a diehard activist, and you're both, and so this you're a perfect guest. This was this was an honor Thank to you, talk bro. to you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. bro. Likewise, bro. This was man. dope,
2: man. Anytime, bro. Anytime you want to come on Culture Kings, the the seat is yours, my man. One hundred. Absolutely, bro. Take it easy. Blessings appreciate to you, you, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Be well, brothers. Hell yeah. Culture. Wow, 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 wow. Quran Butler, everybody. That was awesome. I'm so glad we did that. That was, thank you for having me, man. That was really awesome. Yeah, man. It was fun. I want people to know because you couldn't see this that uh, when we first started Quran, I don't think that was a cigar. Matt said that was a cigar. I think it was weed. I think Quran was blazing. It wasn't, was it a cigar? No, it was, it was so big. It was a, if it was, Quran is a, as a professional athlete, they they take more. They they be rolling up them fat ones, man. No, but it also it ha, he he had the the sort of
1: that cigar posture. You know what I mean? He was like leaned oh. back a little bit. He sort okay. of was like, I'm
2: king of the castle over here. Okay. All right. All right. I respected the move. I loved it. Light up that cigar. Light up that cigar. Listen, I want to know now how many players drink and smoke before uh games. Because like with the last dance, we we saw like Jordan was out here smoking cigars and then would light your ass up for 30. Well you know uh, that
3: I've 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 literally read fucking every NBA book that's come out. And I know one of the anecdotes was that the Lakers in 96 were pissed when they drafted Kobe because he was underage. They couldn't have beer in the locker room anymore.
2: <laughs>
3: so a lot of the players got pissed at him rookie year and he was like why y'all fucking mad at me? I didn't make the rules. I got drafted, and I'm this age. Like I can't do. Anything also, that doesn't it.
2: make that doesn't make sense that much because at that point, and a lot more in the 2000s. But yeah. by that point, we had started to transition to players only going to college for one or two years. No, no, no,
3: not not of age 21. He was a minor. He was 18. And he was 17.
2: Ah, okay.
3: It was I didn't like know like I thought yeah, he I was 18. He was 17 and some and some time uh so, and some change. So they couldn't have uh and the players were pissed. Mm. I remember uh I've read Jackie McMullen's book about a love story she talks about it a little bit. Like the players were pissed and it, it, it kind of got at Kobe a little bit. So I am sure players do drink.
2: Oh yeah, they'd be drinking. I mean shit, they'd be they'd be
3: lit. They'd be lit yeah. up. Yeah. And I love it. I love every second I mean, Steven me. Jackson and Matt Barnes talk about how they were high during that season
2: the whole time, so after every game. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder, is there a story in the NBA like the Doc Ellis story? I don't know he, that story. Where he pitched a no-hitter on LSD. When was this? So, yeah. I don't know when niggas was doing LSD. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like the 70s, 80s. Yeah. But he pitched a fucking no hitter on LSD. Do you know how? And 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 who else did that? Somebody else did that too at baseball. Uh, uh um, fat pitcher. Um, is there footage of this? David like, this, Wells. David, there, David Wells was drunk as shit and pitched a fucking like perfect game or something. Is there like? Is
3: there footage of this? I want to see. Like, I'm, is sure, it eye, is. Is I'm eyes sure it is. His eyes bugging
2: or whatever. Oh, I don't know if you're gonna get. I mean, it was standard definition. It was a hundred <laughs> by a hundred p back then. So I don't know if you're gonna see his eyes that clearly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I'm sure there's footage of the actual game maybe. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. And shit is wild. So I wonder is there a story like that in the NBA? Like, I man, know. I was on coke. I was on cocaine and I dropped 50 on these niggas. Huh?
3: Oh, there was definitely a cocaine era. I don't know if there was an LSD game, but there was
2: definitely a cocaine era in the 80s. Yeah. I love it. I fucking love it. Guys, I say we wrap this bad boy up. Let's do a queen of the week. Queen of the week. Beza, you are the guest, so it is all you, my friend. Kick us off. All
3: right. Um, uh, I have an idea for Queen of the Week, um, but they're going to share it. It's going to be a co-runner-up, and it is uh, Nia DaCosta is the Queen of the Week. Nia DaCosta is the director of uh, Jordan Peele-produced Candyman sequel that's coming out, but she just got the gig to direct Wonder Woman 2. Um, No, that's not true. Uh, Captain Marvel 2. I don't know why I said that. Sorry, DC and Marvel fans. Don't come at me. I knew what I was saying. I messed up. Um, But she got the gig to direct Marvel um, 2, Captain Marvel 2, and she will be the first uh, woman of color director in Marvel. So Queen of the Week, that's a big deal right there. And that also must mean that Candyman is great if she got that gig uh, right after that. And the other one is the woman that we just mentioned, Jameel Hill. Because, you know, listening to Karan Butler and talking about Kaepernick and talking about what we were just talking about, I just got to say to everybody out there, Jameel Hill got a lot of crap from everybody and from ESPN for supporting Kaepernick and for supporting Kaepernick publicly. And now, just a couple years later, like we said, the whole NBA is doing it and ESPN uh, commentators are talking about kneeling and supporting it all day long and nothing's happening to them. But when Jameel Hill went out on a limb first, and as a black woman, stood for Colin Kaepernick. She got a lot of shit for it. I think she even got suspended for some of the things she said. So my Queens of the Week are Jameel Hill
2: and Nia DaCosta. Damn, you took mine. Uh, oh, that, for you real? Didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, you didn't. Right. Uh, <laughs> I got. right. I'm going to cheat a little bit. My Queen of the Week is not one queen. Um, That's what I just did. And, well, mine is, is an organization. Oh, mine no. Mine is an organization. Um... I was I, I've been wanting I wanted I feel like this was apropos because you know Karan Butler was on and we talked about NBA and socialism uh, uh, not socialism, social justice. Um and um I wanna give a special shout out to the women of the WNBA. Yep. Uh, you know, there's been and listen, I'm not gonna lie, I've made these jokes before in the past too, and for that I apologize. Uh, they're trash. They were trashed in. They're trashed now. Where it was like, man, all fourteen fans in the WNBA crowd, right? And 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 like, you know, that's a comedian trying to be funny, not making an excuse. Although I, literally, just made an excuse. But, 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 it is a, it is, it is unfortunate that even if the WNBA. Don't have as many fans, which is unfortunate because they're playing beautiful basketball. There is no difference between the basketball that they're playing and the men of the NBA are playing. Uh, If you love basketball, then then why is that just regulated to the NBA, right? Now, if you're a fan that says, yo, I just love my team. Like, I just love the Chicago Bulls. Fine, right? Fine. But if you're a basketball lover, if you love the game, if you love watching sports, I don't want to hear, well, the WNBA ain't got no fans. The product isn't as good. It's not as fun. That's horseshit. That's horseshit. Not only that, there's been some things in the media would be like, it feels so good if that basketball is back, right? I think I probably even said something to that effect during the episode today. And, you know, a lot of that is just, you know, it's not intentional, but Basketball was back before the NBA started. WNBA started about a week before uh, the NBA. Right. So it's these things that we have to make sure that we are acknowledging and being conscious about when we bring these and have these conversations. And they are leading And also doing a very good job with the social justice and activism tip. Yeah, they got that. They
3: got that owner. uh, I think her name's Carrie Leffler. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's one of the owners of uh, the Atlanta Dream team. Yeah. Um, And uh, she was saying a lot of things against Black Lives Matter and calling it a terrorist movement. And the players have been wearing shirts supporting her opponent Um, in the because she's also a politician. She's not just the owner of the Atlanta Dream. She's a politician. I don't actually know her position in Georgia, but she's a politician and the the players like Candace Parker and stuff were were wearing shirts that said to vote for her opponent which I think is great they're leaders um they're great WNBA players who took a whole season off to dedicate themselves to social justice they yeah. the, the women have been about this movement for a long time
2: for a long time and they just haven't been getting the play um so those are my queens of the week
3: the That's queens a good one. of the WNBA also can i say and if the WNBA anyone's listening please send it to me those orange WNBA hoodies are fire that all the NBA guys have been wearing recently. Mm-hmm. They're these, like, orange. Uh, I think, uh, so I think it was actually on one, at the first day that the NBA was back, a lot of the NBA guys were wearing the orange WNBA hoodie. Um, I know Devin Booker was wearing one. LeBron was wearing one. Um, Tobias Harris was wearing one. Those are awesome, and I want one. So if someone can send me
2: one, please do. Don't send this nigga shit. Please send me one. <laughs> I'll wear it send me three so and I can then, wear one and sell two
3: uh Jackie's I'll buy one off you
2: <laughs> yeah alright cool send me send me four then <laughs> so I can buy one so I can wear one get, sell one to Bay and then at, at a discount cause he's a friend and then sell one over face value <laughs> uh matter of fact give me five and I'll give one to Matt and, Matt, and Matt wouldn't
3: want one most of the women in WNBA are black
2: no, well, wait a minute right. <laughs> you're right you're right
1: you're right where can people find you where
3: uh, can people find you on twitter and on instagram at my name I'm gonna spell it for you that's b-e-h-z-a-d-d-a-b-u on instagram and twitter please follow me please engage with me and I will uh, chat back with you
2: yeah yeah at jackie's neil on everything at edgar monplazier on twitter at Awfulgram on the gram at culture kings pod thanks for having on me on absolutely more and more shout out to karam butler hey everybody stay safe wear your damn mask wash your damn hands care about other people please um during all of this care about other people it's not just your life Uh, That you may be affecting Uh, Black Lives Matter Wear a mask Bye bye